Hey everybody, welcome back to another massive late fee audio commentary. Today we are doing one of my uh, favorite cinematic experiences ever, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Mike and I obviously have talked about this on the show before. Uh, I'll probably try to link that below so you can uh, find that episode where we talk about all of Kevin Smith's films. This is... uh, this is a very inside movie, so we'll try to point out uh, little things here and there when we get to them, and uh, we're watching this on Netflix, as I'm sure a lot of you probably will be, so we're starting right at the beginning uh, uh, on Netflix, and um, if you are watching this on DVD, that's going to be where the Miramax, uh, the Los Predados Studios... <laughs> Miramax uh, Studios starts to play, so everyone can press play now. So as I mentioned, we get the the Miramax logo, which has uh, a little more grisly connotations now. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, and you know, it's funny because they're talking about doing uh, a Jay and Silent Bob reboot movie where they're trying to stop a reboot of their movie. Which I think is a really funny idea, but I'm gonna guess that Miramax is not going to handle that movie. Would be my guess. I don't know. Are they still operational? They have the one non-raper guy, right? Yeah, I don't know. I haven't. I think they're still operational. Here's uh, one of our first uh, Star Wars references. Obviously, there are a few of them in this movie, and and a lot of Kevin Smith's movies. Here comes the uh, cinematic debut of uh, Harley Quinn Smith. That's right. There she is, playing a young uh, Silent Bob. I love the Quick Stop is the same, but the uh, the other store is the Record Rack because uh, tapes weren't as prevalent, obviously, in the seventies. and this obviously is the origin story of jay and silent bob in front of the uh the stores (laughs) the guy says keep on trucking right you know it's interesting i read that um that, you know, Jay is about four years younger than Kevin Smith. And they didn't really meet in high school. They went to the same high school, but he was a senior. Uh, Kevin was a senior and Jay was a freshman. And they met when Kevin was working at like an after school program that Jay used to come into. Oh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't know that. The soundtrack for this movie is great, by the way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, here we start with Jungle Love by um, uh, Morris Day and the Time. And uh, yeah, there are a lot of really good songs. This is one, I think we mentioned it on the podcast, where you and I listen to the soundtrack just over and over. Yep. They have one of, I know you liked uh, uh, Marcy, Marcy's Playground has a song uh, on here, on the soundtrack. And I know you were... Uh, Maybe not as big of a fan as that one big hit they had, but I know you were a fan of a lot of their other their other songs. 
Yeah, I like uh, I like them. I've seen them like three or four times in concert. But yeah, I think it's Deadly Handsome Man that's on this. Yeah, that's right. Is that guy on the left? Is that an Affleck? He kind of looks like an Affleck. Ooh, he really does. I mean, it's definitely not Casey, but maybe a younger, an even younger brother. Could be. Are they like the Culkins? Right. They just seem to. Uh... <laughs> I love that line. Are you even supposed to be here today? <laughs> It's very interesting to see the, this is kind of the first time that we've seen the, the, um, the store in color. And <laughs> it's really interesting to see it. He really does look like an Affleck. <laughs> uh, another Star Wars joke here. And this is like, would there be any other op- outcome that Dante wouldn't be the bitch? Right, that's another great outline. He's so offended. I'm the bitch. He's like, well, if we were gay, that's how I'd see it. <laughs> I mean, I think everyone would see it that way. Yeah, for sure. That's the guy that played Rick Darris. Nice. An interesting uh, sort of an interesting sort of uh, cover there. Yeah, I don't know if that's supposed to be Rick Garris. No, I don't think it is. But oh, and here we go uh, with, with Brody. Sesh. Yep. Obviously, that's based on the comic book store that Kevin Smith actually owns. I think that's what at the end of uh, Mallrats, isn't that where it showed him going to, to buy his own comic shop in yeah. the Red Bank? Yeah. Yeah, but uh, always great to see uh, Brody again. One of my favorite characters. Oh, yeah. And this obviously is where they where they find out for the first time about it. And for a lot of people, like you, like you kind of mentioned, oh, and here's a nice uh, Mallrats callback here. <laughs> but, um, and then, yeah, there's another Mallrats one where it shows that uh, the Brody left. Um, yeah, Brody, Brody, oh, what was it? Bolts. Brody Bolts. Yeah. yeah. But, um yeah, they, this is kind of this is kind of interesting right here. He mentions the the uh, comics being all bought up to make movies, and that really didn't happen until years after this. Yeah, that's it. Definitely, he was really kind of ahead of the the curve on that because yeah, this yeah. is the early two thousands. Two thousand one, actually. Yeah. Yeah, and um, you know that I mean, it really kind of started around two thousand eight, so almost ten years later. I'm really surprised Kevin Smith didn't direct any of those. Like maybe like you think like an Ant Man or something, you know, like a more comedic type of comic. Yeah, I know he was. You know, obviously he had been in talks for a couple different ones to at least write scripts. He was going to do the um, the uh, I can't remember what it is Superman Lives or or something like that. The um, yeah, Superman Lives. He was going to write this script for that, um, but uh, obviously that didn't didn't come to fruition that was the one where Nicolas Cage was going to play Superman 
Yeah, that would have went well. And here we get uh, Holden. Like you, like you said, this would be confusing for a lot of people that don't really follow this movies because uh, Jason Lee plays two different characters in this movie, as does Ben Affleck. Right. <laughs> I remember in the audio commentary, Kevin Smith said that uh, Ben Affleck had been working a lot during this time period when he came back to shoot this scene, because he he came back to shoot this, and he had sort of stubble, and he was looking kind of tired, and he said that that yeah, was... Yeah, he looks exhausted. <laughs> yeah, and he said that was kind of the perfect, you know, look for the, the character. It's funny because, you know, at the end of Chasing Amy, he did that comic book Chasing Amy... But all we really see is kind of blunt man and chronic stuff around his uh, his thing. So apparently that never really took off. And yeah, the one that really he put his heart and soul into it. No one cared about. Right. And lots of things you can see a nails thing in the background behind Jay. Lots of nails, uh, cigarette things hidden around all over the place. <laughs> that's a great one. <laughs> I like how I just so plaintively like explains what it is. Yeah, that's one of the best things. The internet is a communication tool. <laughs> and this, as you pointed out before, this this website movie poop shoot is owned by Kevin Smith, and also sort of ahead of its time in the everyone bitching about movies on the internet thing. <laughs> It, yeah, I think he, I think he refers to himself here in the third, like not quite in the third person because he's a character, but he's oh Ben Affleck or someone, something like that. They put those in those. Kind of- yeah, that's right. It's a Miramax movie. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I like that's how it is. Jay's, there you go, Phantoms. That's the best. That's also from uh, the audio commentary of Mallrats, where they talk extensively about phantoms. In fact, that's the only way you even get that reference. Yep, absolutely. And this, you know, this kind of hate against movies and stuff and people being really divided about them, that, uh, that's a thing that definitely goes on now. I don't know if it was as prevalent back then, but it's definitely there now. What's funny is, like, as you, I, like, I didn't see all of Yoga Hosers, but as you said, they basically, like, it's like a huge critique against critics. Yeah. And they're even doing that in this movie. Yeah. Or at least it's more like internet critic. Right. Oh, you know, I have to mention on the podcast on Tuesday, I need to write it down. Uh, I saw Tusk, because it is also here on Netflix. So, it is? Yep. So I got to talk about that and what we're watching. Let me write that down on our very, uh, very organized sheet. You know, I said I'd watch the Avengers... Um whatever it was with the Thanos guy. What's yeah. it called? Infinity War. I watched maybe five, ten minutes of it, and I turned it off because it was like the worst fucking movie I ever saw in my whole <laughs> life. 
You really need to be a fan and and to watch the other movies to to get it. It's sort of like yeah. this one, but uh, but not good. <laughs> That's why he wants to put a stop to the movie because he feels that uh, he won't get a blowjob from a girl if she if she uh, she hears that people are making fun of him on the internet. Yeah, because Jay's got a line around the block, so right. It's funny too because you know another thing that I've heard help attract attracts women money, <laughs> <laughs> the money they'd get from this movie. Did you ever read this uh, thing Kevin Smith wrote about like Jay's time like on like drugs? No, I've heard about it, but I haven't written it. I know that Jay That's- was on heroin here. Yeah, it's called like My Shadow or something like that. It's it's really good. It's like in eight parts. I, I if you just Google like Kevin Smith My Shadow, I think it's what it's called. Mm-hmm. You'll find it. But it's like it's a long like eight parts, but it's it's really good. Yeah, I will definitely check that out. Um, I've heard a lot of things. You know, he um, Kevin Smith brought him into his house and and everything, and uh, um, you know, he really he gave a lot to. Uh, to help him get off drugs. And, you know, thankfully, at least as far as I know, he's been, you know, eight years sober, something like that. Yeah. I I just don't understand why they care at all about, like, even he points out assholes they don't know. Right. And it's funny because Holden, he has no, he sold his, his rights to Banky, so he has no um, he has no financial stake in this in any way. Nope. And thus starts one of the uh, funniest road trip movies of all time. Yeah, I forgot. This really is a road trip movie. I mean, how could you not think that? But yeah, it's uh, it's it has all the classic. Uh, the classic tropes of road trip movies just obviously done better. You know, I wouldn't be shocked if this was the exact same bus station from Dogma or, uh, or, um, what's his name? Azrael's travel. Yeah. I heard, obviously this came out after like the, this is the next movie after Dogma. And, uh, I heard Kevin Smith talk about how he wanted to make just a fun movie with, with no controversy. And um, they're, uh, I like the tongue sticking out. Yeah, and a nice funny little cameo by George Carlin. All right. But he said he wanted to make a um, a non-controversial movie, and uh, this one still had controversy for some of the gay jokes and things like that. That's also kind of ahead of its time. Gay, straight, it's all the same now. There are no more lines. Yeah. <laughs> Weird to think that all hitchhikers do this. <laughs> if it's an unwritten book, can it still really be considered a book? I guess. <laughs> I like how he, his face when he gets in the cab is hilarious. Yeah, this uh, this part coming up with the, where he goes down—it's one of the funniest things ever. 
<laughs> Man, George Carlin knows how to sell a joke. Oh, uh, <laughs> here we go. They get picked up by a, uh, and he told them by a nun, and he told them it doesn't matter who the driver is. And another Star Wars reference, Carrie Fisher, who has a Buddy Christ on her car from Dogma. Yeah, that's nice. I love, I love the Buddy Christ. It's great. I saw this was a few weeks ago. Um, Kevin Smith got uh, got a post taken down because it viol- violated copyright, and it was him posting a picture of Buddy Christ. And he was saying on, he was saying on Twitter he's like uh Mark uh Zuckerberg you know I I own this it's mine huh. <laughs> It's like she's almost tempting him Now, here's the thing. I'm not exactly, I mean, it's doing this to a woman in a moving car is obviously going to be a little more difficult than doing it to a guy. Yeah, it seems more difficult. Five hours walking. I wonder if they walked backward the entire time. Oh, here we go. Yeah, I guess you were right. The uh, this part with the Scooby Doo stuff was a lot earlier than uh, the yeah. crime stuff that comes up later. It also reminds me of like Pee Wee's Big Adventure, and it's like just like a bunch of weird like asides. Yeah, yeah, I can definitely see that, and that's another movie I like a lot. <laughs> you know the, they did a pretty decent job casting uh here i i think they're almost as good maybe even better than uh the actual scooby-doo movie they did oh, a little while later with sarah michelle geller and freddie yeah. prince jr I like how in this movie kevin smith finally feels like free enough to just like just flat out, just fuck around. Yep. Somehow Shaggy is outside the car. <laughs> <laughs> and Fred's blindfolded driving. And it's really unclear what happened. (laughs) Right. Did they really ever get into that thing or what? And they're in Twister Park, which I I wonder if it's a reference to the movie Twister, which would have been about five years old at this time. I never caught that. The, uh, 
the movie jingle says, who's a friend to the king of monkeys? Yeah. Yep. And I guess the internet was in such a, uh, such an early form here that they had uh, an internet connection with a computer at the restaurant since it was such a novelty. (laughs) You are the bones who are the ball lickers. Right? Great line. One of the best line deliveries by Muse. (laughs) This is reminiscent of uh, clerks when they're just like swearing in front of, you know, regardless of who's there. Yeah. It's also funny that this internet connection has no parental controls. <laughs> it's like a child's themed restaurant. Or did Sam and Bob order type so fast? Yeah. That, no, that wasn't. It looked, kind of looked like Ben Folds, but that that's not him. <laughs> Here comes the distractions. This movie does really move at a pretty quick, Yeah, it's a quick fast pace. movie. I just realized yeah. it. This is probably peak uh, Shannon Elizabeth era. Yeah. Yeah, I was just thinking she was not really in a lot of stuff. No, not anymore. Like ever, I don't think. Like her... Total career didn't seem to be a lot of movies. Yeah, not a ton. <laughs> nice of uh, Kevin Smith to write a makeout scene with uh, super hot chick for his friend. <laughs> <clears throat> Like you pointed out during the audio commentary, this uh, this bit gets a uh, a really huge laugh at the theater. I love Kevin Smith's look. Like, how does he think she doesn't hear that? Right. Hearing Shannon Elizabeth read her lines, I realize why she's not in a lot of stuff. Yeah. That's Kevin Smith's wife in the in the middle, Jen Schwabach. And then obviously Elijah Dushku, who was who's been in a lot more stuff than Shannon Elizabeth, and is probably a better actress. And Ollie Larder, who hasn't been in a ton of stuff recently, although she's had a guest spot on a show that my wife and I watch called uh, Splitting Up Together. Was she in Heroes, or was that a different Ellie? No, that's right. She was in Heroes. I started watching the first season of that. And then my wife told me that the second season's terrible and then it ends and there's no resolution to it. And I'm like, why am I watching this? Yeah, she's 100% right. 
she knows I she knows I hate that too when there's no resolution to shows. But she's like, the first season is so good. You need to, um, you know, you sh- you just should just see it just for the first season. And it falls off really quickly and really hard. Even Jen Schwalbach is is a decent actress uh, for someone who obviously is not a, a trained actress. Yeah. And doesn't have a ton of experience, especially during this time period. <laughs> uh Sean William Scott and I still I still find him entertaining even today. I am yet to find a appearance by him that isn't hilarious. Like he was in Always Sunny, he's great in that. Uh he was in you know, obviously in this. There's something else he was in that I saw that he's great. He's he's just really funny. I don't know why he's not in more stuff. Yeah, he's uh he has very good comedic timing. Like even yeah, what's he, a- yeah. And what's important is he knows his exactly what he's supposed to be doing in every movie. You know, yep. he doesn't. He's perfectly like he has the perfect tone for what they're asking out of his role. Yep. Like in that, like he was in that movie Road Trip, which is, you know, there there are some really funny parts of that movie. There are some parts of that movie that are not as funny, but um, his role in that movie is is hilarious. And one of my favorite parts is when. Uh, He's talking about uh, the main character is talking about how he's not going to be able to pass this test, and his solution is like, "Well, just cheat." He's like, "I can't. It's all essays and stuff." And just instantly, he goes, "Well, you're fucked then." <laughs> and the way he, yeah, he says it is hilarious. Yeah, he plays a dick a lot, but he's he's really funny. I think. I especially like him here. This like kind of earnestness, you know, and geekiness. He does this really well. If you get around to the Always Sunny, it's called um, shit. What is it called? Mac Day. Okay. That's where he's like he plays Country Mac, Mac's uh, cousin from like uh, you know the country or whatever. <laughs> okay. But he's like he's just like Mac, but he like just like owns up to everything. It's it's the funniest thing ever. It's one of my favorites. Yeah, I'm loving it's Always Sunny. It's that was such a great recommendation. Here we go. Where where Jay finally outsmarts somebody. <laughs> Prince Valiant. That's a great reference. <laughs> yeah. You bet your ass I would. Wait, <laughs> isn't it so creepy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, he doesn't even ask for any like you know like validation from them. He just says, "Oh, he fucked sheep," and he throws them out. Right. Is a way for him to say, "Whoa, that's messed up." He's like, "Yeah, I can throw him out now." <laughs> oh, It's kind of messed up. (laughs) 
<laughs> Jay is also like a great uh, timing yep. guy. Uh, Even when he tells the story, it just makes no sense. Yeah. It's literally the thinnest premise to get them like out of, on the road. Yep. But it, it works somehow for this movie. <laughs> I love this part too. This is good. Yep. She went for the setup. I hear that uh, Harvey Weinstein himself uh, approved this segment of the script. <laughs> yeah, I love the the cut to. Uh... To Kevin Smith and uh, and uh, Justice too, where it's kind of um, implied that these, this entire time he's just sitting there looking from invisible thing to invisible yeah. thing on his shoulder. <laughs> so much time has passed. I like how Bob knows exactly what he's thinking. Right. They just look so disturbed. (laughs) (laughs) Almost. Right. Or until she's sleeping. Just where else would he be? Right, right. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's... Yeah, go ahead. I bet that's the same van they use for the Scooby-Doo segment. Yeah, oh yeah, I'm sure. That line where he says, fuck you, fatty, and slaps him looks like an ad lib. Yeah. I like how he goes to help out all the girls, and none of them accept it except for Justice. <laughs> I think they're kind of sizing up this, like, you know, like it's like, fuck this uh, party store. Yeah. It just doesn't feel right. I just noticed Jay's wearing a Berserker t-shirt. Oh, yeah. That's a clerk's reference. (laughs) What a segue. That does seem uh, like uh, you can you can relate a lot of this stuff to uh, Harvey Weinstein. 
<laughs> Harvey Weinstein's defense. She didn't pull out the prepper spray. <laughs> That's a great line, too. You know what? What is her role in the gang? I don't know. It really doesn't make any sense. They're really covered. They don't need a fourth. No. That's just splitting money an extra way for no reason. It's not even like she's the driver. Really, she's a liability at this point. Yep. So you got to wonder what's wrong with justice at this point. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> yeah, the writing in this part's not great. No. You can see you can see him laughing at the very end. Now here comes another big, uh, a big part of the movie where they record the, uh, the message. You still there? Yeah. This is definitely something they could believe, given uh, in Mallrats, uh, I can't remember her name, but the, uh, the uh, what's it, Trish? Trish the Dish, yeah, yeah I don't remember her name. Her sexual project for that book.
What a scoundrel. <laughs> the action scene moves. He almost trips over. Him. Oh. Another Mallrats reference where he's still got yeah, his... Yeah, the uh, same gun, yep. <laughs> so I always thought it would be fun if that worked in real life, like a grappling hook, like in the movies, but it just doesn't do that, I don't think. No. And it somehow throws them through a window. <laughs> right. This one is just turn the other way. Yeah, and it's just posing for nothing. For I mean, obviously for the benefit of the audience, but in the uh, guise of the story, posing for no one. Right. I don't think they're really good thieves if they're just walking out in the open, uh, almost <laughs> arm in arm. Yeah. In tight leather outfits. In order by height, I just noticed as well. Yeah. Just now they're trying to be subtle. Mm hmm. It's just in, like, her uh, birth control. Yeah. See, I thought Kevin Smith's wife was a tech girl. She's a muscle then? I think so, yeah. She was the tallest. That is true. It's pretty uh, brave of the Colorado Diamond Exchange to advertise themselves so boldly. Right. With a giant diamond on their building. <laughs> and they just so happen to be next to this uh, testing facility. Oh, you know, I just noticed, too, um, the name of this testing facility is Provasic Testing Facility, which I have to assume is a uh, reference to um, The Fugitive, because the name of the drug that they were trying to test in that movie was Provasic. Oh, I didn't, I didn't remember that from The Fugitive. I don't, remember, I don't think I've seen the whole movie all the way through. I just remember uh, Harrison Ford in that um, like charity dinner or whatever where he uh, breaks in at the end. Provasic! <laughs> uh, Suzanne, obviously a Mallrats uh, callback. 
where they just, it was their first major studio and the studio was like, oh, we can get you whatever we want, whatever you want. And he said, Kevin Smith said, how about a monkey? And they said, oh, sure. So they did it for the end credits just because they could get a monkey. <laughs> and it becomes, I didn't know that. he becomes a plot point in this movie. A Weezer song used in the soundtrack. Yep. Yeah, that's where I wonder she if, I don't know which name came first, the song or the, uh, you know, the character name. Yeah, I don't know. I know that they that they contacted Weezer personally to make a song, so I'm not sure. Uh, I I mean, I guess I would assume that Weezer came up with the name because they probably just said any you know any name will do. This is obviously sort of a play on that um, that one movie with. Catherine Zeta-Jones, I can't remember. And Sean Connery? Yeah. yeah. I don't remember the name either. Is it Entrapment? Yeah, that's it, Entrapment. This seems fun, even though Kevin Smith didn't even bother to actually like, show her from like a side angle so you could see her like nimbly dodging the things. You just kind of have to assume she does. Mm-hmm. Not the best special effects you've ever seen in a movie, but... <laughs> no. And as Kevin Smith points out, this, uh, this turns out to be um, one of the smart fart jokes he's ever done. Where it's completely set up before... By the fast food thing. This is true. I don't understand why it would need all three of them to be over on that side to get that one little bag. Don't know. And apparently it didn't even really matter if they set off the alarms. Seems like it would have been faster for them to just uh, to just run through those those lasers, grab it, and leave. Pretty much. Isn't this like the prelude to Outbreak, where all the animals in the testing facility are just let loose? Yeah. Oh, you know, I never noticed that on his Berserker shirt is the guy from Clerks. Yeah, yeah, it's like actually like a movie merch shirt that he's wearing, which is very odd. So that means that he must have, um, he must have been in, uh... Like he made a song in the in the lore of the the universe. He made he made uh, the song famous or a movie about it famous. Song. Right. <laughs> you know, I know that they think that they're the girls are dead right now, but it is pretty clear to see that there's no one in there. 
<laughs> like that door is all the way off. <laughs> Star, Star Trek 2 reference. <clears throat> oh man, speaking of uh, Star Trek. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, is it the guy who plays um uh, the guy, who's Walter Koenig? He plays get the check off or something? Yeah, that's right. You know how his son was a boner from uh, <laughs> growing me? Yeah. Like last week I was reading uh like or a couple weeks ago, like, I had read this before, it was like the cringiest thing ever. Like he like he unfortunately like committed suicide at, you know, a few years ago. Mm-hmm. But he was missing for a while and like uh, the guy who oh what's his name? Uh, Kirk Cameron did like a did like a uh, public service announcement for it. It was the cringiest thing ever. I'll have to look that up on the internet. It was like I know we, everyone loved how uh, it was when Mike and Boner would hang out on and in, in the good old days. It was it, it was like the weirdest like statement ever. Of course he has a VCR. Everyone did. <clears throat> Will Ferrell's uh, really good in this uh, in this movie, too. This is like one of his earlier movies, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, yeah. For sure. Especially to have a, a larger role. I know he's in like uh, one of their early... Um, I don't know if it was the first Austin Powers movie or like the second, but he was definitely in one of those two. Yeah, he was in the first one. I think he was in both, but he was in the first one. Just real small role. Oh my gosh, I was... Uh, yesterday uh, I was looking through Netflix and uh, <laughs> Goldmember was on there. Oh God. <laughs> it's like, oh, watch this. I'll just remember how like, like it was like kind of like, you know, fun to watch because of how bad it was. But mm-hmm. oh my God, it was just so purely bad. It was just like not fun to watch at all. Is that the one with Steven Spielberg at the beginning? Yep, and Kevin Spacey. Yeah. <laughs> that Steven Spielberg part with the uh where he holds up the Oscar or whatever uh that that might be the only thing that I still find funny about that movie. Just the look yeah. the look on his face is so funny for some reason. I'll tell you, uh, Kevin Smith does a decent job of directing this scene for sure because he really gets the nice uh, angles and everything uh, where it it really does sell it as one of those conspiracy uh, montages in a movie. See, I thought this was like at the beginning of the movie for some reason. Ape Stop Groceries. <laughs> okay, he's just yelling. All, all his lines here are just being yelled. Yep. That scene back there marked the 5,000th time the uh, ending of Planet of the Apes was parody. Right. 
Oh, you know, one of the best parodies that I've I've seen is uh, Twilight, uh, The Simpsons did a Twilight Zone parody where um, it's the one uh, with uh, Burgess Meredith where, you know, the the world's ended or whatever, and he has yeah. time to read now. <laughs> and then The Simpsons parody is like, <laughs> oh, I finally have the time, and his glasses fall off and break, and he's like, well, at least I can read the big print books, and then his eyes just fall out. Yeah. And then was that the was that the Simpsons or Futurama? Oh, I can't remember. It might have been Futurama. And then his hands just fall off. It's hilarious. Yeah, the, yeah, that was uh, Futurama because then it cuts away to a uh, Bender going cursed by his own hubris. Yeah. He's like, yeah, well, well, at least I can still read bla- Braille. And like his fingers fall off, and then yeah. just like his head just falls right off for yeah. no reason. Yeah. Uh, this is uh, John Stewart was had just been um installed as the well i think maybe a couple years before this uh, on the daily show looking a lot younger one of the best jokes of the movies from uh ben affleck here when they cut away to him Mm -hmm. quite a green screen they're sitting in front of <laughs> Which is funny because he just like didn't like enjoy it at all. As soon as she he learned she was a lesbian or bisexual in that movie, he just like lost interest in her. Yeah. So he never in- enjoyed it at any point. <laughs> I just noticed the signs that are thirty seventh heist. Yeah, that, that's real incognito. They're just drinking champagne with a giant sign. <laughs> Thirty uh, seventh in a row. Congratulations. <laughs> As every woman fantasizes about. Yeah. A uh, overweight pizza delivery guy. I like how he doesn't have to talk Silent Bob into it at all. He's already on board with a monkey. Mm hmm. You know, it's funny, too, because uh, they should be pretty easy to find, seeing as they're uh, two guys in a restaurant with an orangutan. Right. Here's Judd Nelson of Breakfast Club fame. As mentioned in uh, the great film Dogma. Yep. You know, it's funny. I wonder if um, if they contacted him after that or whatever. Or he heard about that and was like, oh, thanks for being a fan. And, you know, they decided to bring him in. Right. 
Just that this also way, warns both of them. Yeah, why when they would they not also hit the deck. Right. <laughs> Blueprints. This, why would they fall, fall for this for even one second? Yeah. I like that he's just not doing anything about it here. I mean, I, yeah. <laughs> I I don't know exactly what the um the jurisdiction is here, but I like how even like in this, he has to show that he's not actually gay. Like right. it's so bothersome to him. <laughs> he certainly looks insatiable. And then a the little nod. <laughs> Here comes one of my favorite lines, too. There it is. <laughs> I love that nod, too. Like, yeah, it was like Winnie the Pooh. So when they follow him in. <laughs> I kind of the sheriff just couldn't care less. Okay. <laughs> 
there's uh there's a lot of um a lot of uh outtakes on the dvd of this of different things that he says I remember the last one that he says is, uh, let's go back to the station, have some man chowder. Yeah, I remember that, actually. And everyone, like, kind of cracks up. Here's another fugitive reference. Just how far of a fall is this? Right. He has time to turn around, register surprise, deliver a few lines. You just look at like how high up it appeared from like, you know, the angle they showed. Mm-hmm. This is another weird thing. They just, it's a Critters of Hollywood car. They they just see an orangutan on the side of the road and decide, okay, we're just taking this. Well, you know, that company's speedy. Right. <laughs> That's a great part. It is interesting that they can go this entire movie... Um, with two characters as the leads, Jay and Silent Bob, and one of them doesn't speak at all. Right. But they still <laughs> communicate. It's, it's kind of funny how you, you can tell it. Like, and this is an incident where it's just obvious that like, it's, uh, Silent Bob's being completely unnecessary. Mm-hmm. I guess silence is just like really making it more of an issue than it could be. Right. I love that reference that you tell that chasing Amy story all the time. Yeah. It's like the very few times he chooses to speak to his best friend, he calls him an asshole, basically. Right. It's so funny, too, because it's almost like his silence is pathological. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's not like he's just, uh, you know, he's a quiet type guy. Yeah, that's when you realize that he's actually a sociopath that's controlling Jay the whole time. Yeah. Rules of the road. 
In a Jeep, nonetheless. Right. That is true, though. I mean, like, for for all of he knows, she's dead. I got his other change of clothes is like a quick stop outfit. <laughs> yeah. One of the very early appearances in a movie by Tracy Morgan. Yep. Pumpkin Escobar, that's a great name. Who's the other guy? He looks familiar. Uh, I don't know. He does look familiar, though. He might be one of like Kevin Smith's mainstays that are that's in uh, a few different movies of his. Could be. I don't know. Which is interesting because later uh, Kevin Smith directs him in a movie with uh, Bruce Willis. Yep. And he said nothing but good things about Tracy Morgan. Oh, yeah. Not so with Bruce Willis. I think there's a little speech he gets here in this response. <laughs> what I just realized is these two also have like one guy who never speaks. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Scott. <laughs> The Daily Show. <laughs> yeah, this uh, this was a popular show way, way back then when. Whatever, what is that guy's name? Steve Kometko, maybe? Yeah, I think that's right. Or whatever that fuck. Oh. Jules Asner, another uh, person you haven't heard from in years. Yep. It's a great use of censorship. <laughs> I guess she has to unquote it just to show that it's not her saying it at some point. Right. <clears throat> they just leave all those diamonds just lying around. I don't know why she wouldn't just take her share and then leave. You know, she had to take all of them. Yeah, it's kind of mean. I mean, it's her 37th heist, you know? Yeah, it should be sacred. She should have some money, like, you know, socked away at least. And if she didn't steal all of it, then they wouldn't come after her. That's true. Just take your quarter and leave. That's it. Oh, Deirdre Bader is great in this. Yeah, he is. He's another actor who has like little small parts in some things, like Napoleon Dynamite. Um, what else is he in? Oh, he's in uh, obviously Office Space. Yep.
Echo Base, which is another Star Wars reference. I like how they use the edge or the uh, the verb disappear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 that really sweetened the deal. Yeah. Just. He- do what they're doing now. Right. It's not any worse. How can I just squat down to get to dick level? Right. Like, he can't just look down. He's got to, like, be kneeling in. The classic cartoonish peek around the corner. Mm-hmm. And that's a uh, usual or a uh, Reservoir Dogs reference with those guys walking in the suits. Apparently, Suzanne's real name is Tango. <laughs> I guess they're just practicing their acting. Right. Forces of nature. God, that was a terrible movie. What's funny is I'm sure this uh, this is a very another really weird obscure reference. Mm-hmm. When Ben Affleck says you're gonna do the safe movie, then like the you know the art movie, right? But he he was like time he was doing like a ton of interviews where he said that exact same thing. He's like, oh, I have to make a movie that I don't want to make to make the movies I want to make. Yep. So Kevin Smith probably got it from those interviews. Yeah. That's a hilarious choice of a director to be all about the money. Yep. Yeah, because it wouldn't work with, you know, that joke wouldn't work with some other director. Like if it was, I mean. Or any other pretty much. (laughs) Right. (laughs) 
I love the writing on Good Will Hunting too. Right. delivery. I don't like those apples. <laughs> Why would this movie go in this direction? I, I actually didn't see Good Will Hunting, but it didn't seem like it would go in that direction to me either. No. That seems like... Uh... That seems like kind of a close to Holmes uh, thing where he says I wasn't even with a hooker today. I like how, again, there was a reference to Phantoms. He just couldn't leave without telling him that he was great in Phantoms. Yep. I think here's the Scream. Yep. And obviously Jay and Silent Bob are in Scream 3. Oh, and you know what? I didn't even think about this, but Shannon Doherty's back. So mm-hmm. they have they did work together again after Mallrats. Yeah, it's kind of funny. <laughs> Late Wes Craven. oh and here's a uh, well this is the E.T. reference the music is almost like Pee Wee Herman which is kind of funny because they're also running around a movie studio Mm -hmm. I believe we get the Ben Affleck and Moonraper uh, poster here soon Yep. Coming this summer. <laughs> Can Ben Affleck stop the moon raper? And now not only do we get Sean William Scott, but now we get the uh, appearance of his co-star in American Pie. Um, what's Jason name? Biggs. Biggs, yeah. And Shannon Elizabeth is also in this movie, so. Yep, that's true. And Dawson himself, who also doesn't do a lot of stuff. There's an Airbud poster on the wall. <laughs> I like how Harry cites his other movies here, which aren't that good. Mm hmm. And you know it. That's true. He really didn't. Uh, he really never got past that. Which is funny because that's you know his woman justice. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> 
I think that's an ad lib where he pretends to suck the dick. Because you can see he's almost smiling and, and Kevin's almost smiling behind him. I've got a super knowledgeable about Dawson's Creek. Yeah. Santa's got a bag <laughs> this Christmas. Santa's got a brand new bag. And I think it says Jackie. Jackie Brown. At least it looks like the same font. Right. I'm trying to see if it's just Jackie Brown or if it's a joke like on that movie. Yeah. Obviously a Miramax film. And I don't know, I guess, I don't know if Airbud uh, is a um, a Miramax property or not, but <laughs> that's the other yeah, picture on the wall. Do you want us to call your publicist? Just why does he give him a thumbs up when he says they're in here? Right. Doesn't anyone watch the WB? (laughs) (laughs) That's such a great line. I know he doesn't even have a mask for Silent Bob at all. Right. And how does how does anyone think that that Silent Bob is Jason Biggs? Jamie Kennedy in a little uh, little cameo. <laughs> Any boogers in it? <laughs> Just why?
<laughs> nice bakey. Yep. I love when that comes back to haunt him. Yep. <laughs> coming up uh real soon is a cameo from Paul Dini um who you guys might know as the creator and <clears throat> kind of main force behind Batman the animated series he's done a lot of um of uh you know Batman related stuff over the years That's just, he just way too young to have invented it before. Right. 1969. <laughs> Pretty- odd role that Chris Rock has in this movie. Yeah. Like, you'd never see a role like that today. There he is, Paul Dini. Nice. I never knew that was him. Yep. I don't know if you told me about it, but uh, or if it was somebody else, but he wrote a really, uh, I think it was you, he wrote a really uh, interesting comic about uh, uh, his life, basically. Where, um, it's him talking with Batman and talking to some other characters, and it's about uh, the time he got um, he got uh, robbed and almost killed. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't hear about that. Henry, something like that happened to Henry Rollins, though. Which it was pretty crazy, like a story about that. Like his his friend was killed in front of him, and like he just happened to, like be missed or the gun jammed or something crazy like that. Oh God. Mark Hamill here, really hamming it up, playing Cockknocker. And Kevin Smith's so excited that Mark Hamill's in his movie that uh, he has to pause it and say it, you know, on frame. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, Chronic seems to be nothing but, like, uh, you know, like a, a ripoff of a Batman with, like, marijuana references. Right.
it seems that uh he finally got um he finally got a hang of the force there. Yeah, from all rats again. Because everyone seems surprised. I'm sure this is like one of the dreams for Kevin Smith to have a uh, a lightsaber fight with Mark Hamill. Right. I was just thinking about that. I'm like, yeah, this movie he basically just wrote so he could do stuff he's always wanted to do. Right. Just why would he say that? Yeah. <laughs> this part just makes no sense at all because Jay and Sam Bob don't even understand their mm. movie for the most part. Right. But they have like actual weapons they're fighting with. Right. And then I love that he says that uh, that part wasn't in the script. Was everything else that happened in the script? Yeah, like that, only at that point is he like, hey, wait a second, we're going off script here. Right. What's funny is you almost forget about Will Ferrell's character, and I think Kevin Smith probably did for a while, too. Yeah. Like he had a phone call from Will Smith's manager or Will Ferrell's manager, like, "Hey, when are we going to do that other party?" He's like, "Oh, oh yeah, hold on." <laughs> Why would you just indiscriminately shoot without even looking? Sick <laughs> kid looks through the back hole. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> How would he be okay? <laughs> <laughs> Not good. This is like the longest lightsaber fight that no one has stopped at any point. Right. And also, they're real uh, lightsabers, apparently. Apparently. So I don't know if that's a good reference. I don't know. I guess if it makes House Party look like House Party 2, then it's, it's better than House Party, but... That's not saying much. Right. (laughs) That's pretty over the top. A little bit. How did he know exactly where they were and and recognize them? Yeah, I have no idea. Jay just nods like, oh, of course. That makes perfect sense.
Here's the... I like how the uh, gunshots sound like laser beams. <laughs> right? I if that's like what the... Like if he stole that sound from Star Wars or something, you know, almost like they're laser guns, I wouldn't be shocked. Right. The action-packed finale of the movie. So much stuff is just going on at once. There are people shooting. They're going to have a fist fight. <laughs> <laughs> A reference to uh, the movie she's in, Bring It On. <laughs> a lot more movie references in this movie than I remembered. Yeah, you haven't seen this in a while. He's, he's this making us suck up so bad. Yeah, he's taking this moment to, uh, <laughs> to introduce himself. There's a couple gunfights and a uh, weird martial <laughs> art specific fight going. <laughs> I don't remember that. They were calling us names. I like Banky's style of like yelling all his lines as well. Mm-hmm. I think Jay just nods along the whole time. Right. <laughs> we, I don't think we ever get a specific amount, but... Um... Apparently it's unlocked because they fly around uh, the country beating people up. Yeah, and they still have enough money left over uh, in Clerks 2, spoiler alerts for Clerks 2, to buy uh, the video store and the the um, quick stop for um, Brian O'Halloran and... Uh, Jeff Anderson. Yeah, Dante and Randall. Dante and Randall, yeah. 
That's a great investment at that time, a video store. Yeah, no kidding. Thanks, guys. Now, she's committed 37 heists, and we don't ever see her again. <laughs> right. So I'm guessing that she went away for a lot longer than uh, than she thought she was going to. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she's probably killed in prison by her, uh, you know, accomplices. Right. You know, I don't think we mentioned we mentioned this on the podcast, but I don't think we've mentioned it yet in the commentary that his name is uh, a reference to Land of the Lost, Marshall Will and Ollie. Right. I don't know how she can guarantee him that he'll get into the FBI for doing that, though. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> and how he basically like forgets the entire purpose of his job, which is to find the monkey. Right. Like that's the one part he has to forget about. <laughs> that's the weirdest relationship. Yeah. Like never at any point was it anything but disingenuous with her. And uh, for some reason, she likes it. I, she seems like a messed up person. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. There's something wrong with justice. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's ad lib, too, because that is yeah. an absolutely genuine laugh. Yeah. Is it this movie where at the end they're all everybody's leaving because he actually does end up kissing guys because he's with uh, Dante? Well, he's no, he's with uh, Hooper, but yeah. No, no, uh, no. Who's he with? Uh, the oh, shit. The uh, I can't remember his name. The guy who does the uh, honky hate and coon comic book. Yeah, Hooper. That's who. His name's Hooper. I thought. Uh, I don't know. I thought Ben Affleck's character's name is Hooper. No, Holden. Uh yeah. Is that the end of this movie that he's coming out, though? Yeah. Which is weird. It's like maybe 10 minutes from now, if that. Right. Yeah, he claims that he doesn't kiss guys, but I guess, I don't know, maybe he was just, uh, maybe, I guess he's still closeted. I guess. But not enough to not show up to a movie premiere of like your, your life story with uh, another dude. Right. <laughs> I like the other joke here is that they're all like you know early like teens right and uh how do they find them <laughs> like he's just yeah, did don't... you post as magnolia fan how did they find his real identity and, and uh i mean maybe there's a way i don't know but i don't think you these can track two... their ip but that seems a little right i don't think these intense. two could do it <laughs> 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 
I like just the idea of people doing this. Right. <laughs> that list is so long, too. It's so specific. I like how he laughs because he thinks it's so funny that he said that. <laughs> yeah. And they just like they just keep their anger up for like all these like elaborate like you know trips. <laughs> and no one They're... just says no. <laughs> They're just still as mad as they were the first. Oh. At least they're considerate. Right. And here comes uh, Trish the Dish is going to be here with Alicia Jones. Yeah. Well, we're originally both Willems supposed to be here. Because one with Ethan Suppley, who didn't seem to keep the role up after Mallrats. Right. Yeah, I think they were supposed to, yeah. <laughs> Judy Dinch played me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's right. They are sisters. Yeah. They have a pretty good sex life. Right. You know, I don't, maybe, I guess the implication is they're together, but maybe not. I don't know. It might just What's, be like a sarcastic comment that he makes to him. I don't know. What I just noticed, though, was Will Ferrell was wearing an FBI hat. So he did He did join the FBI somehow. <laughs> I never caught that before. It was just like so obvious. He had like an FBI hat and shirt on. Oh, God. They might even show him here. I don't know. Yeah, there you see the FBI hat. Yep. Well, that is Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, and uh, it's. I would put it. I would put it in the top half, at least, of uh, Kevin Smith movies. I like. Oh yeah, for sure, top half. I like this movie a lot, and. Um, He's certainly made better movies, but I don't know if I've ever enjoyed, like I've said, I don't know if I've ever enjoyed a movie in the theater as much as I enjoyed this one. Yeah, this was hilarious in the theater, especially since you and I had seen like all the, uh, you know, commentaries and such. Yeah, it was the fact that both of us had, had you know, seen all that stuff, and uh, then we watched this movie together that, that really made it. Steve Kameko. Yep. I want to see. Let's okay. see. Okay, I so, do a split screen for Jason Lee. <laughs> <laughs> so they showed Tracy Morgan, and they gave him his name, but they didn't show the other guy's name. It might be later because I don't. I guess he's not important enough to show in or else it's alphabetical order, you know. Yeah, I don't know. I think this is it. Though. They say Morris Day in the Times, and then and then that's it. 
Then it's just yeah, regular know. credits. Oh, that poor guy. He was appeared on screen, but he wasn't important enough to name. <laughs> like they couldn't just they couldn't just take a little font space to put his name just above his head. Yeah, they could just show him at the same time. Yeah, right. I mean, they did in fact show him at the same time. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. A lot of people probably aren't aware who Morris Day and the Time were. They were a band that Prince put together, and he wrote uh, all their songs like he did with, you know, a few other bands that he helped uh, put together. Another example of Kevin Smith uh, putting something in that he wants, like, oh, I guess Jay and Silent Bob are called on stage. <laughs> right. To dance. And they dance with Morris Day and the Time. Right. Hey, look how happy he is there. <laughs> <laughs> like all the early 20s uh, people just were so into more staying in time <laughs> right a band that was that was already like 25 years old when this came out yeah well not quite that but you know 20 some years Two thousand one, so this movie is now eighteen years old. Pretty crazy. It is weird to think about that it was eighteen years ago that we went to see this. Definitely definitely a a good movie though. And uh one of our favorites. So that is uh that is Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Thanks for uh for watching it with us um as always you can contact us uh on uh twitter at massive late fee massive late fee on facebook check out our patreon every little bit helps uh patreon.com slash massive late fee obviously you're on Bandcamp already if you're watching this uh check out some of our other audio commentaries on there and uh you can email us massive late fee at gmail.com thanks for watching everybody uh we'll see you later bye See you later.